meet every need, Father. Make them realize that it will not be until the cards stop coming, flowers stop coming, phone stops ringing, and a friend stops stopping by. Then it'll only be you and them. They can look up and find the grace, the mercy, long-suffering and forbearance, everything else they need behind the veil. Meet these needs, God. That's this mother, wife, needs you more than ever now. Boys, fix what's broken. Straighten out what's crooked. Answer every why. meet the needs. And we won't fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Now touch these clay lips, fill this belly with rivers of living water, move me out of myself that I might not alter the purity of you. Clear like Jesus, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind. And so they delivered to them the bruise and the priest, the acceptable year of the Lord. And so, I'm Lord Jesus. Have your way in this place today. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. You may be seated. Chris, Chris, get your mother some tissue. Praise God, church. Come on, somebody give God some glory. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, not every other thing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests made known unto God. Not your best friend, not your girlfriend, not your boys. Make your requests known God. That's the place we have got to go if we're going anywhere. Our theme this morning, as I said, for those of you who are just coming online, biblical or Bible transfusion. I have to have this every day, not every other day. For me, I have to have it four, five, six times a day in order to make an impact on my own life, let alone make an impact on anybody else's life. Because until I beat me, ain't no need me talking to you about beating anything in you until I beat me. Anything else would make me hypocritical. I try to straighten out something in your life that I have not straightened out in mine. Can I get an amen from anybody? So it's important that we understand this. Now, Chris, we have been talking for the last couple of weeks about these Foolish Galatians in the, cha- in, the, in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who tricked you? Who, who pulled the bamboozle on you? Who, who got control over you? Who, who, who tricked you into believing anything else? And what had happened with the Galatian church, Chris, 
is Paul had come in and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and set everybody free. But the devil, as he will always do, either stand between you or flow after what God has decided to do for you to keep you from doing what he wants you to do. And it's important for us to understand that in, in this particular case, dudes have slipped into the church to pervert what God had done. And they had this new birth journey by grace and by faith. And somehow, according to chapter 1, verses 6, the false brethren had slipped into the church unawares by stealth to spy out the freedom and liberty found in faith by grace. Their intent was to pervert and sidetrack the original meaning of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Let me get an amen from anybody. You couldn't tell them apart by looking at them, Chris. Looked alike. They talked alike. They shouted alike. There are they. But five wise and five were foolish. Five had all and five didn't. But looking at them, you couldn't tell them apart. It's important for you in your young walk and taking care of your family, it would be important for you to know God for yourself. Because the hustler is always out to get you. The real purpose was to siphon off the oil and treasures of the church, leaving behind a valley of dead bones. This is pretty much the same way it is in the book of Jude, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and Gain is godly, seed time, harvest, money coming from messages, these types of things. It has Ricky, big guy back there wearing a Dallas shirt with the number eight on it. Hey, uh, uh, can you stand up and let this young man see you? I just want him to know where you are in the church. There he is right there. That's him. That's him. That's, that's the one right there. Now, see, he's slipping in here and trying to, trying to deliver a message on the Dallas Cowboys. See? That's why he sets back. That's why, and, and this is what the, the enemy does. He tries to subtly slip into your space and get you to think the way he's thinking. But we know where he is. We got him already, see? So, so we can call him out anytime we need to. So this is what they were trying to do. They were trying to change the message. And some people like the commanders. Some people like other teams. But what I'm going to teach you, son, is learn how to never lose. And the way we go about doing that, if the 49ers and, and the Cowboys, well, no, the 49ers, the 49ers, and the commandment, commanders are playing, you get two shirts. You get a commander's shirt, and you get a 49ers shirt. And watch this now. If the 49ers go up by seven, you take the commander's shirt off, and you put the 49ers shirt on. If the, if the commanders go up by 14, you take the 49ers shirt off and you commit, put the commander's shirt on. Son, I never, ever lose. 
all the way up to the Super Bowl. The only game I will lose is if the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Because I ain't putting that shirt on. <laughs> but I know, I know that that's not going to happen. So I'm not really worried about that. But that shirt I will not put on. So by this settledness, they slipped into the church unawares. In 2 Peter, it says there were false prophets among the people. Also, there will be false prophets among you that bring in, bring in, that, that bring in false teachings who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. This word privately means slipping under the radar of your ignorance, ineptitude, incompetence, and lack of proficiency in the word of God. You got to know God, son, for yourself. You can't know him because I know him, and you can't know that I'm pulling a trick on you if you don't know him for yourself. Over the, over the Bible describes John the Baptist as one who ate locusts and honey. If all you're eating is locusts and honey, the minute somebody else tries to stick something else in your mouth, you know it right away because you know God for yourself. And it's important that we, we understand that. Um, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it's, it's talking about the serpent's beguiling. But I fear least by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through the subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted by the simplicity which is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing hard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We had the dude come in here, tell us all you had to do is come up to the altar and go, Jesus, 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 to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Son, if you don't know God, you might fall for that. Ain't no telling what you pick up. See, there were many, many people named Jesus in the, in, in, in the New Testament. But the question is, which Jesus are you talking about? In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants to say just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, what about baptism? What about repentance? What about all of the other things that have to go before that in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? But he wants to come in here and sell us that all you got to do is stand on one leg, stick your finger in your ear and go, Jesus, 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 receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. I got to be able to recognize that as soon as that happens and bust it in the head. Can I get a name from anybody? In Galatians chapter 3, this, this only would I learn of you. We receive you the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. And it's important for us to understand it. There were many, many people named Jesus during the times of Jesus, which requires us to give definition and understanding to, the, to which Jesus we are talking about, just as we loosely use the name of God. The question is, which one are you talking about? The God of this world? For the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Father and my, of my Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, the one with the incorruptible seed and divine nature is the one we're talking about. Not only that, but everybody does not have the right to use the name of Jesus. As it's found in the book of Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Turn there for, for a second. With these vagabond Jews, exorcists calling over the name of Jesus, which had an evil spirit that spoke back to them and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But I didn't get your name. 
A lot of people don't have the right to use the name of Jesus. And we have to understand that. And we have to know, Sister Woods, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for ourselves. That's the only place you're going to find peace in the loss of your husband. You won't find it from anybody but God. As I said, when these flowers stop coming, phones stop ringing, God stop then and then only, it will be God who knows your heart, who provides you everything. Here in Acts chapter 19, look at verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them the call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew and chief priest, which did so. And the evil spirit spoke back to him. And Jesus I know. Paul I know. But what did you say your name was? I don't recall you coming out here in the wilderness fasting and praying, Mike, and getting any authority over me to do that. In fact, I made you look at pornography night before last. Somebody talk to me. I made you go get a pack of Philip Mars cigarettes the day before yesterday. Somebody talk to me now. See, if you haven't beat you, you can't beat me. You can't tell me or speak to me about the things of God and the things of God are not straight in your own life. Come on, somebody talk to me now. So I'm ad-libbing because I, I can imagine just before that spirit jumped on them and, spent, and sent them down. I mean, and the, and the Bible said that spirit jumped out of them and beat them boys so bad, sent them down the, down the street. Naked, bleeding, and, and wounded. The house divided against itself, the Bible says, can't stand. So you can't, you can't, Daryl, you can't come messing with me. And, and your stuff is not straight, right? So, so when, when was the last, I, I can imagine this dude saying, well, when was the last time you fasted or had, have you ever fasted? I can imagine that spirit saying to me, how often do you set aside time to pray and receive for something other than a car, money, or a bucket list of vacations? Where do you get off rebuking me? You are nowhere near the thorn that serves a completely different position in your life. Let me see your validation sticker. Let me see your validation sticker for the kind of authority you're trying to put on me. You're rebuking me when you still struggle with a bucket list of sins in your life and hypocritical judging of those around you about the sins in their life. What confidence of heart do you have, according to 1 John 3, 19 through 22, that makes you feel like you have confidence to rebuke me? Look at verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them to prevail against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them, 
and the name of Jesus was magnified. For many believed, the, many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them which were, were which used curious arts, bought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mighty grew the word of God and prevailed. Everybody does not have the right to use the name of Jesus. In Matthew 7, 21, for everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of, God, of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wondrous works, and, and, and then I will profess to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Everybody does not have the right to use the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Just this Jesus we are talking about was born of a virgin by the overshadowing will of the Holy Ghost called the son of the highest, given the throne of David, didn't start his public ministry until he was 33 years old. But I got to know this. I got to be in my word proficient enough when somebody walks up and tells me that all you got to do is stick your finger in your ear and go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let me behave. Now, let's define this Jesus before we go anywhere else. Go, go to 1 John chapter 29, verse, I mean, John chapter 29, chapter 1, verse 29 through 33. Let's define this Jesus that we are talking about. John chapter 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 1, verses 29 through 33. Give me an amen when you get there. You there? So the Jesus that we are talking about has to be qualified. Then the next day, John said, Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, come on with me, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. This defines the Jesus that we are talking about. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And it's important for us to understand which Jesus we're talking about when you open your mouth to say in the name of Jesus or in the name of Christ Jesus. When you open your mouth to say that, you got to know who and what it is you're talking about. I get an amen from anybody. Now, as Jesus Christ, listen to me closely, you read the rest of that when you get a chance, but as Jesus Christ, he is a work in progress. Amen. He's Alpha, he's the first, he's the beginning, as Jesus Christ. And get an amen from anybody. After his successful death, burial, and resurrection, ascension, and sitting at the right hand of the Father, as my advocate, my mediator, my propitiation, giving me access by his blood into the Holy of Holies, I can, I can find, where I can find grace, mercy, and help in time of need, because this is where you're going to have to go, sister. You have access and right by the blood of Jesus to go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil. And once you get back there, grace, mercy, and help in time of need, everything you need is behind the veil. That's a right and privilege that God has given those of us who believe on the name of Jesus Christ. Y'all with me here? 
He is Christ Jesus, the finished work. He is now, after his death, he was, he was Jesus before. He was Alpha before. He was beginning before. But after his death, burial, and resurrection, he is now Alpha and Omega. He's now the beginning and the end. He's now the firstborn from the dead. He is now the first and the last. This is the Jesus we're talking about. I get a name from anybody. And finally, according to, uh, to 1 Timothy 2, 5, he's our media, mediator, the man Christ, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Now it's my turn. I got to die daily. I got to take those things that he's taught, leaving me an example, Ricky, to follow in his steps and die daily. So that means if I feel like Ricky, if I feel like I won't cuss you out, I can't do it. I want to because you keep coming in here offending me with the shirt you got on. I want to cuss you out, but I can't do it. I got to demand Christ in me has to take over. I, I got to die daily to big, ugly, six, nine foot dudes like you and messing with me all the time. I mean, I can't go for the okie though. If you're on the street and one of them young boys chump you, you got to turn around and walk away. You, you got to walk. If you're practicing the doctrine of Christ, you got to walk. And let God fight your battles. You got to walk. It's a whole bunch of times I don't feel like walking. One time you may catch me when I don't feel like walking when you come in here. Are, are you hear me talking to you, big boy? I got to practice the doctrine of Christ. And, and see, you are good for my growth. You done been here five Sundays in a row intimidating. And I've managed for five Sundays. Don't keep pressing your luck, Ricky. <laughs> see, this cannot be a statement I make out of my mouth. This has to be a manifested belief that every time I want to shoot him or cut him or punch him in the mouth, I just got to lay down and die. That's the doctrine of Christ. That's the crucified man. That's the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Alpha and Omega, firstborn from the dead. That's the Jesus we are talking Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. See, church, it's important for us as Christians in the community. You go into a church where they don't never open the Bible, something wrong. I don't know how you can go to a church where the Bible is never open. Because if you don't know God for yourself, here in Ephesians 4, 14, look at what it says. That we henceforth be no more what? Children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind and doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, to catch anybody that doesn't know the word for themselves. Chris, do you, do you play cards? you ever play bid whist or anything like that? Bid whist?
Now, he just told me he's 19, right? He said, Big Wiz. You know what I'm talking about, Big Wiz? Have you ever played with cards before? You know the different suits? Ace, I mean clubs, spades, hearts, diamonds. Come here. Now, we just got finished reading about the slight of hand and how the, the gospel, Chris, is used from hustling preachers to hustle congregations, right? But they do it with the word of God. I'm going to show it to you with a card game. Now, do that real quick. Now, I already got you. <laughs> he has absolutely... No idea where I'm going. Now take those and shuffle them real quick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Shuffle them a little bit more. Sam, I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I got this young boy up here talking about him. I'm, I'm 19, man. I ain't 70. I'm 19. <laughs> All right. All right, Chris. Give me, now I'll put it over here. Give me, give me, I'll put it over here with my money. Give me two of the four suits. Diamonds and clubs. I'm going to cut this short. Give me one of those. At least clubs, right? Give me ace, me, and one. Give me a number from one to five. Three. So that leaves one, two, four, and five. Right? Give me two of those. One and four. Give me one of those. That leaves a four. Four clubs, right? When do you want that card to come out of my pocket? First card, second card. Don't take me all the way to 52 cards. But when do you want it to come out of my pocket? Huh? The 10th card. I mean, let me move my money. One, two, three, four, right? Hold up. Five, six. Seven, eight, nine, and what are we looking for? Four clubs, right? No, you said four. I said four. Huh? Is, is that the four club? What I did is just hustle. The same way they take the word of God, if you don't know it, and hustle. You with me? So you got to know God. Come on, come on. For yourself. With me? Because if you don't know God for yourself, I'll trick you all day long. Amen? So we got a lot of work to do. I mean, I know you're 19, but we got a lot of work to do. I love you, man. I love you. So, so, 
So this is what happens when you're in church and don't spend time in your book. Or when you're in church and the book is never open. That leaves you and your thought process to me to do that right there. With me? So if you're going to a church, I'm especially talking to those of you who are online, if you're going to a church where the Bible is not being open, you better get out of there just as quickly as you can. I get an amen from anybody. As I said, this cannot be a statement. It has to be a manifested belief. Now, let's talk about, Chris, the, the process of believing real quick. The Bible says, he leaves 99, go get one. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. I get an amen from anybody. Are you there? Got it? In whom, watch this, Chris, in whom you also trusted after you heard. You hear it first before you can trust it. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that, Chris, you believed and was sealed with the Holy Ghost promise. Now, faith, you hear it, you trust it, you believe it. Believe is not something you do. Believe is something you become based upon what you hear and trust. So it's important for you to guard what you hear. You hear it. You trust it, you believe it, and then you receive it. That's the process for believing. Everybody goes through that process, whether you are aware of it or not, depending on what you put yourself in front of. It, it, it's, it's important to understand it. Now, our belief system is constantly being tampered with by a lot of different things in a lot of crazy ways. Back in the 70s, long before you were born, I'm 78 years old. I was sparked by a statement I heard as I halfway listened to this national news broadcast, an interview with this colonel who discussed the Vietnam War. And listen closely. I was doing two things at once, doing whatever I was doing, as a, and as my firstborn would say, she's not here today, I was ear hustling at the same time. In other words, I was half listening to the broadcast and half doing what I was doing until I heard this dude say, I'm extremely careful as to who I lease space to in my head. Because whatever gets up here will manifest out here. This is ground that you have to protect son you have to protect it because you will become what you believe you hear it trust it believe it and then you receive you'll do exactly what you believe with me so our time spent together i'm after changing your whole belief system which is what we do every sunday change the belief system, but we put the belief system in something that can be trusted. The word of God. 
the release space into our, in our heads to all kinds of stuff. I named a whole bunch of stuff, and we started very early with our babies, man. I, I, was, I was someplace the other day. I don't know where I was, but I walked in, and all these little children, everybody had, everybody had, a, everybody had a cell phone. Nobody even acknowledged that I stepped into the room. Every kid in there was on one of these. They never even knew I was in the room. This is what we are teaching our children. This, this stuff right here. And stuff that's coming through there, man, I'm riding home. I'm, you know, I, I normally go over to the airport to study. Sam, I'm riding home the other day, and my car said to me, the way you normally travel is going to delay you by 15 minutes. I said, what? <laughs> my car said this to me. The way you normally travel is going to delay you by 15 minutes. I would suggest that you go this way. I said, man, I'm being tracked programmed and manipulated based upon my habits, son. That thing scared the heck out of me. I'm trying to figure out how to cut it off, how to, I, I don't know what to do. I'm in the car and the car telling me the way, the way I got to go. Say to myself, this ain't good. This is not good. I'm being programmed with a subliminal message. Every February, we celebrate Black History Month. But the subliminal message is we are slaves. So rather than hear what we're celebrating, I hear who I am. They denied me the right to read books. As a slave, guess what I do? Statistics say I buy less books today. It's a message. We got to learn how to hustle a system. As I said to you the other day, we're going to teach you how to hustle a system. You got to know it, son. In order to beat the system, you got to know this. It's a subliminal message that continually reinforces my history with a two-edged sword, and we always seem to bind the wrong edge of the sword. Reminded of it every February as we celebrate our history and accomplishments as slaves and at the same time subliminally reinforce a servitude mentality as we, are sub as we subject ourselves to those who deem to see us more powerful. As I said to you the other day, when I, when I, when I, when I first tried to break out of this thing, I, I had an inferior complex about white folks because of a subliminal message. Somehow I was taught to believe subliminally that they were better than me. I said to you, I was a F plus D minus two. That seemed to resonate with you, but that's what I was. And I told you the way I beat the system is I put on a suit, I put on a tie, I grabbed a, I, I went and bought a nice briefcase, John, with nothing in it. I walked in, this circumstance, I used to drive a cab and some circumstances got me out of that. And I was sitting in the office with these guys and this girl, this white girl came in. And she says, I, I failed the test. And, and I said, what test? 
is a real estate test. Boom, light went off my head. We went up to Baltimore to take the test. Me, her, and the other guys in the office. We cheated the whole time we were up there. What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get for number eight? What'd you get for seven? We leave. Takes 30 days to get the test results. Guess what? Everybody at the table. Come on with me. On the way back home, I said, look, let's just send the $11 off again. And, and, you know, in case we miss it, let's just send the $11 off and take it again next month. Nobody listened to me. First, I went upstairs, sent off the $11, and got in my book and studied until I was blue, green, and red in the place. Went up there the next month, took the test. Takes 30 days to get the results. Finally got my results. I was scared to open the envelope. Finally opened the envelope. And all I saw were four letters, all bold cap, pass. Dude, I ran around the building. I ran up the steps. I ran back down the steps because I was finally feeling good about myself, Chris. But I, I accomplished something. Ran into the office to let those guys know that I passed the test. They haven't spoke to me since that day. Now I'm trying to decide where I'm going to get a job. Going to the paper, and I saw this company called Coquit Brothers in Oxon Hill. That's in my area. So I went and got that one suit and that good-looking briefcase. I, had to, I wish I could show you all a picture. I mean, I had a bush like this. <laughs> It might not seem like that now, <laughs> but I had a bush like this. This big knot in my tie, and the tie only came up to here. <laughs> Chris, I was a cool dude, man. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> so I stepped in the office. That's a dead giveaway. He can't know nothing about a pimp like this, right? Because I, I stepped in there pimping, right? And all the black folks in there were acting white. I do my interview in the same way with you. The dude took a liking to me and hired me right there on the spot. I found out the power of repetition. My son Chris was not here today. But when he was a little boy in school, I'm off script. I'm totally off script right now. But when he was a little boy, he did something in school and had to come home and write over and over and over. Forget what the sentence was. So I had this little blackboard downstairs. I sat up on the fireplace and I had him write. He write, I'd erase it. He write, I'd erase it, write it again. He write, I'd erase it, write it again. He'd write, I'd erase it, write it again. Now, he, now at, at five, six years old, he getting hot with me. I looked at him and said, don't do it, son. Racing right again, racing right again. He's looking on the paper right, and he's looking on the paper right, and I keep racing. He's still, he's still getting mad. He right, I race it. He right, I race it. Then all of a sudden, Chris, I say, write it again. I say, you can stop. He said, why? 
I said, you ain't used the paper. You committed that to your brain. Repetition will get you through anything. Anything. So when I got the job, I left there in my good-looking suit, my empty briefcase. I discovered the power of repetition. I discovered it when I was studying for the test. I had place cards, index cards. I had stuff plastered all over the walls, everywhere. And I kept studying and studying and studying. So I figured all I need to do is go home and get this real estate. Contract this long four sheets and this fine print paper. Chris, I read that thing, I, I ate it, I slept it until I got sick of it, until it was running out of my ears. To the point that I could take the turn and con contract and turn it around and quote to the seller everything that was on it while the listing agent is intimidated because he doesn't know what I know so I can take over the conversation. I was the number one agent in the Oxon Hill office. 18 months after they hired me, and I'm not being racist, but the white boy that hired me, I had his job. Office full of white folks, just good looking, young, big bush dude. Every one of those busters, uh, one by one, quit because they didn't want to work a black match. Made no difference to me. I went and got 68 agents, all of them black. We were the, consistently the number one office out of a 38 of, 68 office operation around the Beltway. All because I studied to show myself approved. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we got to change the way we think. In Romans chapter 1, chapter 12, verses 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to change the way you've been thinking, son. I don't know what you've been thinking. Now, your father gave you a last word. Don't hate the world. And I'm stepping in to be a surrogate and saying, let's learn how to hustle it. I'm going to show you some things you ain't never seen before, son. You and your brother. Every day we're slowly being programmed by somebody or something. In this case, my car. I'm saying to myself, this is absolutely crazy for this car to tell me the way you're going is going to take you 15 minutes longer than you normally do on this route. Told me that yesterday. I'm saying, man, I'm trying to figure out how to cut the thing off. Hmm. So in Isaiah 55, 6 through 13, seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and unto our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This is what he says in verse 8. This is God talking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
I don't think the way you think. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than yours. I don't, I don't think the way you do. I don't do the things you do. So if I'm going to change my thinking, if I'm going to change the way I, I walk and talk, I got to start meditating on something different, Chris. In Isaiah 26.3, he says, perfect peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. All I got to do is get mom to think on God. He'll carry us straight through this process. We have to change the way we think. And it's important that we do that. And let me, let me walk forward and close up. It's, it's important that we do this church and we do this the right way. You have to meditate on the right things in order to do this. You have to become, go, go to 1 Corinthians 16, 15. You have to become addicted to the things of God. There's no success that you can have without an addiction to the word of God. And, 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 and that, that comes over time. That just doesn't come, 1 Corinthians 16, 15. That doesn't come overnight. You got to spend time in the things of God, church. I read at least three chapters every day. And I've just started something new, Sam, where I, where I go on my phone and find the chapter, hit the button, and read and listen at the same time. Amen. I find that fascinating. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that is, is the first fruits of Achaia, and they have said with me, addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. This has to be an addiction. You got to want this the way you, you used to want pornography. You got to want this the way you used to smoke and drink. You have to, and, and this does not come overnight. This comes over time and persistence. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear it, you trust it, you believe it, and you receive it. If we're going to change the thought process of the church, we got to spend time where the thought process can be changed. The kingdom of God, the Bible says in, 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 in Luke 5, 18 and 19, the kingdom of God suffers violence. They literally tore some of the roof off to get to hear Jesus. These buses were addicted. I mean, they heard he was somewhere. The crowd was so thick that they went up on the roof and tore open the roof. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence taken by force. In other words, you got to force your way into the things of God. The personal revelation of God is not cheap. Most want inner circle secrets with an outer circle mentality. You have to pay for this with patience and persistence. Now let me close out right around here. Go to Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. Why are you doing that? I said you got to pay for this church. God regards you the way he, you regard him. He had some disciples who were here. Look at me for a second. 
He said, y'all, y'all tarry here. Stay here. Grab Peter, James, and John, who had paid the price and demonstrated to God that they wanted what he wanted for them. When he called them, them busters quit their jobs. He grabbed them. He told the circle, he told the group, he says, y'all stay here. Grabbed Peter, James, and John and went a little further to this second third circle and says, tarry ye here. And he went a little further, allowing them to see into where he was. Those folks back there, they didn't pay the price. They, they couldn't get here. We want inner circle revelation with an outer circle mentality. God ain't going to give you nothing out there. You got to pay for it. I said you got to pay for it. I mean, I can't get up and go to the bathroom and pee and then go back to bed. I got to get up if I go to the bathroom. I got to head downstairs. I got to pay for it. I don't feel like going downstairs. I don't feel like praying. But God will honor my sacrifice to go downstairs. You got to pay for it. Let's, let's check this out. Somebody say, trouble may not. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. And John also taught his disciples, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Somebody say it with me. That, that will be done. Am I in the right place? Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. Y'all trying to throw me off. That kingdom come, that will be done as it is in heaven. Okay. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for, for as we also forgive everyone that indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall say, go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. And watch this now. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me I have nothing to set before him. And he from within answers and said, trouble me not. I just knocked on your door, Chris. I got some friends. I know you got bread in your house. I'm knocking on your door, but you're in bed. I'm asking you for a loaf of bread so I can feed my friends. And you said, man, go home, catch up with me tomorrow. Watch this. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he's a friend, yet because of his said with me, importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. You have got to demonstrate to God that you want what he wants for you. If you think you're just going to get the revelation of God and not pay for it, you got another thing coming. If you think you're going to get the revelation of God and don't study, you got another thing coming. You got to pay for this. Look at Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. Now that's right next door there. You there?
And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought, come on with me, always pray and not faint. You've got to pay for this church. Saying, there was a certain, there was, a, there was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, avenge me my adversary, and he would not for a, come on with me, wow. Sometimes, church, when you pray, God, God, he'll answer you, but not right away. That doesn't mean you quit. Pray without ceasing, right? You got to understand that prayers are heard immediately, but are often delayed for several reasons. The first reason prayer is delayed or not answered is because of sin. You'll find in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So, Danny, the first thing you have to do before you open up in prayer, clean up. Wash yourself. You'll find it in Psalms 24, 3 through 5. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Before I pray at all, the first thing I do is wash my hands. Of anything, of any offense that I can think of that would keep God from not answering my prayer. It's the first thing I do. If you want to be successful in prayer, you can't just leave the whorehouse and then get on your knees talking about praying to God and going to get an answer for what you're asking for. Wash your hands. The first thing you do with prayer is wash your hands. The second thing you have to understand is that your prayers, you remember the, the Bible said that he would not answer for a while. Sometimes your prayers meet resistance. Let's close right here. Go to Daniel chapter 10. Look at verses 1 through 15. See, you either study to show yourself approved. Daniel 10, 1 through 15. Hey, y'all with me here? I know you won't take your girlfriend to McDonald's, but we'll get out here in a minute. You there? I'm waiting on Chris to find it. Is this making sense at all? Church, you got to pay for these revelations. This stuff don't come cheap. Take your time, Chris. Daniel. What, uh, what pages that you got there? 976, Chris. I think you got, you, you got, you got one from under the seat, right? Yeah. Nine, 976. Chapter 10, verse 1. I got these young kids here. I am not going anywhere. I'm going to minister to them. You got somewhere to go? Go ahead. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, 
a thing revealed unto Daniel, who was called, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was what? Sometimes, church, there's some distance between your prayer and it being answered. You have to understand that. Just be persistent. And he understood the thing and had understood the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three, four weeks, 21 days. He's fasted. Watch this. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And, on, and, and, and in the fourth and twentieth day of the first of the month, as I was by the side of the great river Hedekiah, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen. Now, he's fasting for 21 days and doesn't even get in the presence of God until at the end of 21 days. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying sometimes you got to press your way in. You can't quit praying. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You will get an answer if you demonstrate to God that you want what he wants for you. Watch this. Where am I at? Verse 5? Huh? 6? 5. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with fine gold of Upaz. His body was like a burl, and his face as the presence of lightning and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet were like the color of polished brass, and his voice and his words were like the voice of a multitude. This man is standing in front of an angel after fasting for 21 days. What if he had quit at day 10? What if he had quit at day 5? And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou dost set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord, thy words were heard. I heard you the first day you started praying. Watch what he says here. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. I heard you the first day you prayed it. But there is resistance, church, to a lot of the prayers that you're praying. You need to understand that if you think Satan just going to let you waltz in to the kingdom of God without pushing back at you, you got another thing coming. Look, the woman asking to avenge her husband, he said, I'm not getting up because I fear God. But she getting on my nerves. Church, let me tell you something. Here's the secret to success right here. Y'all see this? 
I hope I ain't got no holes in these socks. But if I do, so she's at the door, Chris. And she knocking. He ain't getting up. I don't fear God. I ain't getting up. I'm in bed. Trouble me not. You might want the bread that's in the refrigerator, but I ain't getting up. Anybody with me? Sometimes, church, you got to be persistent. I know you're in there. I saw you just turn the light out. I saw you come from the Safeway with three loaves of bread this morning. I know you got what I need in there. I got somebody that's visited me. I'm trying to feed. So you get a little tired. And you take an intermission. You go to the bathroom. And you come back. Anybody with me? Sometimes, Chris, you got to persist, man. Let me get up from here. This sister getting on my nerves. The Bible says the kingdom of God is the same way. Stuff that you want from God, you got to fight for. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by. I don't know what that was. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Let me behave. Church, you want it? Go get it. You want it? Prove to God that you want it. Spend time in the word and you'll start thinking the way he thinks. And if you think the way he thinks, you will start doing the things he does. All right, I took the shoe off because my foot was hurt. Church, we're getting ready to open the altar. My sister was in the family to come up here and stand at this altar. We got to stick with this man. I refuse to see them fall through the cracks. Got some things I want to talk to you about. Just let me have your boys. By the time they get my age, they'll be millionaires. I have them believing in themselves. They won't be inferior to anybody. People are hurting. It's dark. The Bible says darkness has come upon the people and gross darkness upon come upon the people and gross darkness upon the land and gross darkness upon the people. 
People are hurting. Think about Ukraine. Think about Israel. Think about Hamas. Think about the Palestinians that don't want to see any of this happening, suffering because of it. People are hurting. Altars open, please come. Altars open, please come.